0: Up, Benfica Nation. Welcome to episode 24 of Mr. Benfica Mambo number five. One, two, three, four, five. Five batatas. That's right. Five batatas in Hanan's goal. Benfica win the Super Cup for the eighth time in history. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again. My name, of course, is. Mike, the Mr. Agostino, and I am your host once again for Mr. Benfica. How is everybody doing? It has been one heck of a week, has it not, for our glorioso, um, absolutely memorable, memorable Supertasa last Sunday. Of course, this tournament, this competition, the Supertasa Candido Oliveira, normally is a nightmare for Benfica historically. Um, I, I believe we've lost more Supertasas. Um, we've been the the losing team in the Supertassa more times than anybody else. Um, of course, this this competition does not uh, extend its history back to. Um, to some of our our glory days now this competition was created right at the onset of Porto's era of dominance thus Porto having 21 titles and now we are level with Sporting for a second with eight but who cares about that right now benfica looked good last week um i think that the game obviously was much closer than, than the score would indicate. I think that's a fair thing to say. I think uh, Sporting are rightfully so going to feel hard done by that result. And I am left with the images of, you know, young Tiahi Um Man, I, w- I wish we had a, uh, <laughs> a young right back like that in our team. Uh, the president, Luis Luis Vieira, says we ha- we do. We have one who's 17 years old, another Tavares who is a right back. So he may be an option in the near future, but I have to tip my... I had two Spartans outside right back, to He Correa. Um, a lot of people talking about him. It's not just me. It's not just Spartanistas. It's it's everybody. It, it w- was impressed with his performance. Um, obviously, in this episode, we're going to talk about the match in full detail. Um, and we'll, we'll get on who, who was good, who was not. Um, why Benfica won. Uh, why, why Sporting collapsed? That's also something to talk about. You know, Sporting in a, in a very tough situation right now. Um, the transfer window has closed in, in England and Bruno Fernandes was not sold. Um, and I don't think that that team can begin to rebuild. Until they offload uh, Bruno Fernandes and have the funds to get two or three players. Because that's really what they need. You could see in this match. As well as they played for the first 30 minutes. They just don't have a complete enough team to compete with the likes of Benfica. When Benfica are firing on uh, you know, on three quarters of their cylinders. They're not even firing on all cylinders yet. Benfica can look at this match and there's a lot to be improved still. Again, that scoreline 5-0 is misleading. Um, but... The good thing is Benfica did something they've done ever since uh, Bruno Lage has been in charge, and that is punish the opponent for mistakes. And Benfica was deadly efficient um, in front of goal, with with a few exceptions. Of course, Seferovic unable to get on the board. But aside from him, Benfica showed some real, real efficiency in this match. This was much better than I had expected. I did not expect the match to go that well. Um... Odiseus looks good in goal. He made some big saves, of course. Bruno Lage tactically just just far superior, um, and has more more to work with, obviously, than Marcel Kaiser has over at Sporting to work with. Um, but but Bruno Lage seems to be in a league of his own tactically. Um, and now all the matches in the preseason in the ICC, they all make sense right now as to who played. Um, as that team was was well constructed. Um, Florentino was a giant uh, I, I loved I love his game um, I feel for Samarish but but right now the form Florentino's on uh, he's got to be the guy that plays there at this point in time he could dip his form could dip and Samarish is a type of player that on a moment's notice jumps in and he he gains form quickly so I'm not too worried about the Greek international Andreas Samarish I still hold him in as high regard as ever and um, Unfortunately, we found out after the match, you know, Gabriel was injured. So I'm hoping that it is Samarish uh, moving in to that spot um, to to play alongside Florentino. Um, I think he brings more than Adel Tarabt. That's my personal opinion, and it seems to be an overwhelming opinion among Benfiquistas. Of course, um, it's been a good week. I mean, all the podcasts are back up and running again. Shoutouts are going out right now. Zagiage, the girls are back. I missed you, girls. Welcome back. <laughs> I was I got a story about their episode. Um, when they were on, I was, I was still at work. Okay. Um, and at that point in the night, I am, I am basically in charge. I think it was like 6 PM. I don't know, something like that. Um, and I'm basically in charge at that point. Uh, so I managed to get, um, a minimized window with, with YouTube on it. And I managed to, um, to put their live, I've never watched them live before, so I thought that was cool. I was I had my earbuds in, pretending to work, and I was watching them live, and I was even interacting on the live chat there on their YouTube, and it was great to uh, to get to catch some of that episode of course as soon as I was starting to interact little did I know one of my my representative someone that works under me uh, who's also a football fan a Greek football fan um, a supporter of Panathinaikos he he sneaks up behind me and just starts laughing and uh yeah so <laughs> and then I was told that the manager was still in the house and uh, sorry ladies I had to um, I had to mute you for a while and I had to uh, hide the screen. So I missed most of the show, unfortunately. So I was chiming in with basically irrelevant comments trying to, to stay active in the program. But I did catch you on the podcast the very next morning. Great show from the girls this week. Of course... Benfica podcast, as always, top notch. Uh, the return of Steve Santos this week. If you guys haven't heard it, go get it right now. Benfica podcast, um, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, A great episode. Uh, Steve brings his his top notch analytical skills, uh, chalk talk, back to the show this week. Um, not sure if he's going to become a regular it doesn't sound like it but he did make the special appearance and it was great to hear him uh once again for those of us that that like the chalk talk obviously uh three two were back this week and uh i only caught that earlier today and i actually recorded most of the podcast you're about to listen to before i had heard it or i might have had um a couple of different i might have had a couple things to say but but it's all good and i gotta say that um the Sportingista on two Tugish Mikey he he was good this week um I thought his analysis was was on point very very honest very very um accurate assessment of both his own team and of, and of ours he was very accurate on his assessment of Benfica in my opinion and um as well as obviously on his Sporting as he knows that team better better than I do but uh, I was really impressed with him this week. He was really on fire. Had good points. He's passionate. Um, very good episode of Three Tugesh this week. Um, also Brinfik FM. I uh, caught that earlier this week. I'd love one day to be on a on the on the Concurso Ed Carlos. Uh, I had a few of those right this week. Okay, I had a few of those right this week. But I knew. <laughs> But I'll, I'm going to save my answers in case, you know, should that ever happen. Who knows? But um, it was a great episode, and I agreed with a lot of their analysis as well. all Shkerdo. I had a tweet this week where I listed off my playlist on that day. I think it was Tuesday or Thursday. I don't remember. And uh, I listed off the playlist of everything I was going to listen to at work that day. And uh, all those podcasts obviously were in there. And Letral Shkerdo, as always, um, as always, they just 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 blow me out of the water with their analysis. Um, I agreed with with what they were saying as well. Um Really, just all around a good week. Good week of podcast listening. Good week of Portuguese soccer talk. Good week of uh, you know, getting ready for the start of the Liga Nao coming up now in less than in less than sixteen hours or so. Uh, first match of the season was played tonight. Bulhinish side, Gold City, drawing nil nil with I believe Portimones. Uh, nil nil. Also, um, when I recorded the news portion of the show that you'll hear in a little bit I uh, this news had not broken yet or had not been finalized but I can say it now Benfica striker Zagoumch that's right Zagolus on loan to Portimonense if I'm not mistaken that's where he's going to go on loan this season and maybe it's an opportunity for him to get some good first team minutes in the first division and maybe he can refine that form he had as the 16 year old that led Portugal to the U17 uh, European title Um, that team really is is showing to have a lot of skill and a lot of talent and depth as those players are starting to make their way into the first teams of their respective clubs. Um, Also got a a message this week from the listener, of course, Neil up in in Toronto. What's up, Neil? Um, My answer, no, 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 no. He's asking everybody. If you listen to the shows, if you listen to all the podcasts, he's he's basically... uh, He's reaching out to all of them. He's got. He's one of the active listeners and one of the feedback givers in pretty much all of them. And he's asking everybody what their thoughts are on Adel Taarabt maybe taking on inheriting the number ten. And I am not on board. Sorry, Neil. I, I I hope you're right. Obviously, I want any Benfica player to to have an explosive season and to to and to break out. Um, I don't see it necessarily. I think his role on this team is is to be a very hard worker in training and to push the starters um, very hard. And when needed to come in and bring energy, I don't see him as a number ten. Um, I agree with Cynthia from Azagish. I think the number ten jersey now that PZ is not the one, is not going to wear it, should be um, put away for the season. We can revisit this subject next season. Um, I'm a I'm very much a traditionalist when it comes to that. I hate seeing these some of these numbers. I hate seeing Florentino out there with 61. The man is a legit starter. He needs to be wearing a proper, you know, a proper number for a defensive midfielder, a 6 or a 4. Some 6 is the 6 is is Ruben Dias, so I think the 4 should be the jersey now being worn by um by Florentino just like uh, you know, Claude Mcalele did all those years ago at Chelsea. Um, I think the four is, is a perfect jersey. Ces Fabregas has also worn it at different stages of his career. He's not really a holding mid, but it is a, a, a number that midfielders will wear, and I think that uh, Florentino deserves a different number than 61, no lie. Um, also, you know, why is not Andre Almeida wearing the two by now? I mean, he's been the right back for for ten years. Why is he still wearing thirty four? I'm assuming he wants to keep it at this point. Um, Ninety seven on Feihu, I would I would have changed that already. That's you know that's gonna be that should be a lower number at this point. Um, Yuri Kibedu left with fifteen. I think the fifteen should have gone to Feihu. I don't know why they keep these kids with these these youth team numbers um, or the B team numbers. I understand it on the B team I don't understand it when it comes up to the A-team. Once a guy has broken into the first team and had a season under his belt where he's been a starter, and he's an undisputed starter the way that uh, Fehu and Florentino seem to be this season, uh, I would would absolutely put them in lower numbers. That's just me. What can I say? Um, But that's my take on it, Neil. No, I don't want to see Tarap in the number 10 not not this season not really ever. Uh, I'm not trying to hate on the guy, but he just does not have the characteristics that I view a number 10 to have, okay? Um, so uh, that's kind of what, what we're dealing with this week. Obviously, it's all about the Super Cup this week. We got some got some audio to listen to. I got some some audio at the end of the show where you're going to hear from Bruno Lage, you're going to hear from Peasy Uh, also we're going to hear, uh, the call from antenna a couple times on a couple of the goals and, um, what, what, just what a, a result. And I, I do have to say, um, I do have to say that this has to be absolutely devastating for Sporting and for their fan base. And I know their fans are angry and, um, I know that they were interviewing a fan outside the stadium who said you know the the biggest asset that Sporting have are the fans the team he basically said the team has sucked for so long yet here we are every time and this particular fan had driven from Germany all the way with his kids to see this Super Cup, to see his team somewhat humiliated. Oh, well, not somewhat. The scoreline score line is humiliating. Although, like I said, I don't think they played so poorly that that score line was uh, was merited. But that is that is the game of football. Sometimes, sometimes the ball goes your way. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, this could have very easily been the first leg of the Portuguese Cup last season. Could have very easily ended like this, and Benfica would have been the ones going on to the Jamor. But it didn't end that way that day uh had some of the luck that day today this week uh, a lot of things went our way so that's that's a little bit of difference um and and that's just the way the ball rolls at the end of the day I also um wanted to let everyone know um I have listened several times to that Historia Gloriosa podcast all right that thing that's becoming easily my favorite podcast, uh, hearing about the history of Benfica. But really, it ties in nicely to this Super Cup, uh, having listened to uh, the first episode all over again. Benfica and Spartan's histories are so intertwined, you know. And I see why this the devastation on the Spartanistas. I see it because that club from the day they were founded, um, they were founded with the intention to essentially be what Benfica would become. Okay, they, they were the ones that wanted that you know the founders had that in mind. The founders of Benfica were, were twenty four men trying to get together a team uh, to play some football. That's really all it was, and to have a, a social club, if you will. Um, both teams came from from elite uh, backgrounds. Okay, uh, yes, Benfica would become the team of the people, while Sporting would be bankrolled by the Viscount. Of Alvalade, okay, um, he would be known as José Alvalade. Uh, comes from a German family, a French family, excuse me, a French noble family living in in Lisbon, and that whole neighborhood is is named Alvalade. He that's where he gets the title um, of, I guess you would call him the Lord of Alvalade, and uh, later gaining the nickname José Alvalade. And his great 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 grandson all those years later in the 1990s would be elected you, almost unanimously as Sporting president Jose Hokit is the gr- great 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 grandson of of Jose Olvalad, um and Jose Olvalad's real last name was Hokit so they essentially say uh, share the same name But essentially, they named the team Sporting Clube de Portugal, not Sporting Clube de Lisboa. That was very intentional because their vision was to be the biggest sports club in Portugal. Their intention was to go abroad, was to win over the scores of people in every country and in the colonies at that time. Um, And history would play out differently. Benfica would end up taking that title. And I see a little bit where that, that envy, that jealousy comes from because Benfica have become everything that the founders of Sporting... You know, desired to be that they envisioned for themselves. Um, irony is that you know they call themselves Sporting Clube de Portugal, but if you want to vote in the general election, even if you're a sácio living anywhere in the world, you got to find you got to get yourself to Lisbon for the Assembleia Geral to vote. Benfica is not like that. Benfica is throughout the world. Um, you know and we are Benfica does it doesn't have you know Benfica's bigger than Lisbon Benfica's bigger than the Benfica neighborhood obviously but it just shows the dimension that the club had you know there was Sport Lisboa they merged with Sport Benfica to make Sport Lisboa e Benfica okay neighborhood team that grew up that went on to conquer the world essentially and become the symbol of Portuguese uh, of Portuguese culture and of Portuguese people all over the world, in all the immigrant communities. So I, I got watching the game with that understanding really added a little element of it to me, uh, for me, I should say, and. Um, lastly, I before we hit the news, I want to thank everybody for um checking out my first episode of jota jota carioca my very first recording in portuguese i'm gonna be honest i wasn't thrilled with what it sounded like um I, i'm just still st- getting used to the sound of my voice in english um and now hearing it in portuguese not at all what i thought i sounded like um i uh yeah, it was a lot harder than I thought. It's one thing to speak Portuguese off the cuff in a conversation; uh, another thing to to um, to record when 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 that record button is on is hit and it's rolling. It, there were times you know the words just didn't didn't come to me, but um, it's something that I want to keep doing. It's something I've always wanted to do. I do want to produce content in both languages, so I'm going to work at that. And um, I hope everyone that checked it out enjoyed it. I hope you guys could understand me. Um, Again, I felt like uh, at times I'm not sure that I was able to to successfully convey convey what I was trying to say. But again, you got to start somewhere. And um, episode two should drop at some point uh, this week, I would think, where I'm gonna talk about the next two matches, um, the elimination from the Copa do Brasil for Flamengo, and um, yeah, and and practice some more of my Portuguese. But uh, yeah, that's that's uh, what we got for tonight. Again. we're gonna talk all about the Super Cup. But first, it's the return of the news. All right, so stay right there. Of course, I am the Mr. Mike Agostino. Find me on Twitter at Benfica Mr. and on Instagram at Mr. Benfica. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna roll as we always do. We're gonna roll an ad, pay a bill. We got Riconquista coming up and on the backside. It is the news. Week one of the football season in Portugal. Stay right there. Don't move a muscle. We will be back. This is Mr. Benfica, Episode 24, Mambo, number 5. Yep. Reconquista.
1: Passo a passo, o caminho é duro. Temos muita história, mas ainda mais futuro. Conto com dificuldade em cada jornada sofrida. A glória da vitória tem que ser bem nutrida. Na reconquista do que é nosso. Não por fazer o que podia ter sido feito Se queres a nossa força, sabes que estamos contigo Em casa fora, nós somos o um eterno abrigo Sabes que estamos contigo Nós somos o um eterno abrigo Ouve a nossa voz O querer de todos Resolver, nós Até que não se explica Carrega bem fica, carrega bem fica Ouve a nossa voz O querer de todos Resolver, nós A fé que não se explica Carrega bem fica Carrega bem fica Ouve a nossa voz O querer de todos nós A fé que não se explica Carrega bem fica Carrega bem fica Ouve a nossa voz O querer de todos nós O querer de todos nós muito sagrado é bispo sacrificar de todos nós até que nós os fiquem carrega bem fica carrega bem fica ouve o nosso voz o perder de todos nós até que nós os fiquem
0: All right without further ado let's get into the first edition of the news for the 2019-2020 season here uh, we're going to start it off with uh, news this week. Um, finally got a confirmation. I'd been reaching out to Goal TV for, for a while. Um, finally got confirmation when it showed up on my Fubo TV listing. Um, never did hear back from Goal TV, but it is official. Liga Nage returns to Goal TV Espanol in the United States this year. That's right. Liga Nog returns to La Plantaja de Gol TV, as they say. Um, It will be in Spanish again as it uh, has been the past two seasons. Of course, Benfica's home matches remain on BTV as well. The choice is yours where you like to hear it. Um, Benfica also offloaded Chris Willock from the B team uh, yesterday on loan to West Brom, where he will join Krovinovic. Interesting loan move there for the, the young English Winger, uh, really, unfortunately for him, no place in the team for him this year. Once again, um, just he happens to play the position where the club is just so deep at. <laughs> you know, there's just, um, with the introduction of Chiquinho and uh, the emergence of Jota, there's really no no place, unfortunately, for Chris Willock right now. Uh, he's going to go on loan to West Brom Um Perhaps uh, if West Brom can get themselves promoted, this could be a big move for Willock as well as Kravinovich, who is already there. Um, Benfica Loney, okay, here stateside. Keaton Parks named NYCFC's Player of the Month for July. So that is promising because Keaton was having a hard time there at the beginning of the season in finding playing time. Um... You know the manager had said he just he was happy with everything Keaton was doing, but just the opportunity to play him hadn't presented itself yet. Well, guess what? When uh, Copa America, Gold Cup, and uh, the other and the African Nations Cup all came up, and um, international duty called several players away from NYCFC, Keaton stepped up, and Keaton has won over his position in the team as he continues to be a regular starter now for New York City FC. Also, in the news this week, João Cancelo's move from Juventus to Manchester City will mean one point eight million euros in solidarity payments to Benfica, as Benfica, remember, is the his youth club and is the club uh, where he did his his uh, where he did his formation, if you will, where he um, Benfica is his homegrown club. And, therefore, Benfica entitled to $1.8 million in solidarity payments. Not a bad receipt to catch on a player who, unfortunately, never really played for the A team. He was sold from the B team, loaned out, and then sold. And um, just continues to play for massive teams. He's gone from Valencia to Inter to Juventus now to be the chosen right back for Pep Guardiola at Manchester City. Best of luck, of course, to uh, João Cancelo, who, for me, when he's on form, is one of the top two or three right-backs in the world and um, uh, a staple in the Portuguese national team. I think Portugal actually has two of the top five right-backs in the world, in my opinion. Maybe I'm a little biased, but I think Nelson Semedo, also a Befica product, is also um, in that in that um, category, even if they don't necessarily agree at the Camp no. Um, Everything he, I've seen from him has been good. Every time he steps into the national team, he is solid. So, um, a very good record right now of Benfica in developing uh, outside backs, whether it be right or left side. Um, also, Benfica will be presented on Saturdays. Uh, in the pregame to Saturday's Liga Naja opener against Passos de fajeda they will be presented with the trophy for winning the International Champions Cup. This is... Uh, planned for the pre-game ceremony, like I said, uh, where Benfica will lift the trophy. And um, uh, a, a very, very um, good accomplishment for Benfica this preseason in winning the most prestigious preseason tournament there is. Yes, more prestigious than the Cinco Violinus, um, if you want to call that a tournament. Um, <laughs> speaking of which, there's that number again, Cinco 5. That, that That's... The, theme today, isn't it? The theme this week is the number five, um, but that is the news for this week. Nothing else really going on right now. Some rumors back and forth, but nothing concrete. Um, as more details become become facts, of course, uh, we'll talk about it going forward. So stay right there, and we are going to get into the tasa Candido de Oliveira at the Stadio do Algarve, Benfica, and Sporting. Okay, stay right there. Here's a, a little bit of audio and on the other side we're going to start breaking down the match. This is Mr. Benfica. I am the Mr. Mike Agostino. Find me on Twitter at Benfica Mr., and on Instagram @mrbenfica.
2: fez a bola na área. Um destaque ainda para Bruno Fernandes. Bruno Fernandes tem estado muito esterrado no lado esquerdo, para o lado por ser sem intenção, responsável de perto de peso
3: específico na equipe.
1: Grande jogada, tabelinha e e Tavares, corta o Sporting, recupera o Benfica, Rafa, atrasou o Benfica! Não, 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 não.
0: Of Benfica's second goal, PZ's first, um, as it sounded on Portuguese radio Antena U of course, um, and we will get into we will get to that point in the first half very shortly. But uh, that's what it sounded like across uh, the radios all over the world, wherever people were tuned in to Antena Um. So, we are at the Stadio do Algarve in Faru. Okay, Faro in the Algarve region. This match broadcast on RTPI for us here in North America. Um, perhaps on some other networks in different parts of the world. Uh, the broadcast begins with a musical performance, which k- delays the kickoff of the match. And it is Portuguese, uh, Portuguese band Expensive Soul playing. And um, the, for my first... My first reaction is, "What are these people doing to the field? <laughs> what are they doing to the pitch as i I just you see expensive soul there playing, and then the extras on on the pitch jumping up and down like they're at an actual concert and uh, I hate i nothing against the band, okay. I hate these types of once. Pro- this is another thing that reminds me of, of North American sports that I cannot stand. And for a second, I had to check and make sure I hadn't tuned into the International Champions Cup for more shenanigans. Um, but no, it was in fact a on-field performance by expensive soul and uh, and all the extras jumping up and down on the pitch. And I'm just, eh. but. <laughs> Uh, The cameras start to show shots of the players in the tunnel waiting for the performance to end as the players compliment each other and shake hands and get in a little bit of of small talk. Uh, Camera panning the crowd. We see sporting fans dancing and, um, well... They're going to look much different in, in, a, in a short time. Sporting fans and those smiles are going to gonna sadly disappear. Uh, then we see Fernand Santos national team coach, Fernand Santos getting in a selfie while Expensive Soul wraps up their performance. All right. And um, teams walk out just as the song Amore Magico ends. U Amore Magico is the name of the final song that uh, Expensive Soul was playing. And just as it ends, out come the three teams, led by referee Nuno Almeida from the Associação Algarve, local referee refereeing in his home region. Um, first, first time refereeing a Clásico. I believe this was one of the first times he'd refereed a match of, of the of top level, and he was heavily criticized on three of the after the match um, by. Maybe was it on Trio Talk? He was he was criticized by one of the Sporting fans. No, it was on Sporting TV where he was so heavily criticized. I saw the video on YouTube. Every time a goal went in, the complaint was about the referee, <laughs> and then he complained about not only getting not getting enough stoppage time after the fifth goal. Yeah, a a Sporting TV commentator actually complained that there wasn't enough stoppage time at the end of the match. Um, also complained about how you know, uh, Dumbia being sent off in the 90th minute in a 4 nothing match. He says uh, uh, a good referee would never do that. I disagree. I think a good referee makes the call that... That the play calls for. He does not. He's not influenced by the time of the match. He's not influenced by the the location on the pitch where the foul occurs. A foul is a foul wherever it happens. In the first minute. In the 90th minute. Does not matter. A yellow card is a yellow card. A red card is a red card. That's the way I see the game. That's the way I like to see it refereed. I obviously. Um, uh, I obviously disagree with, with the, the commentators there on Sporting TV that, uh, it was on YouTube watching them just miserably, miserably get through the game, and they they literally stopped commentating and just complained as the match went on. They, they didn't even say the word goal once, <laughs> as their team picked the ball up out of their net so many times. Uh, um... The coaches for this match, of course, the managers, Bruno Lage for Benfica and Marcel Kaiser for Sporting. Benfica's 11 in goal. Odi across the back. Nuno Tavares on the right. Ferru, Ruben and Grimaldo in the midfield. Florentino playing in the hole in his natural position, pairing up with Gabriel as the box-to-box midfielder, while Rafa and Pizzi will line up wide and find their way inside. The striker tandem today, as expected, was RDT and Safarovic. Raúl de Tomás making his official debut in an official competition with Benfica, the €20 million striker um, who joined Benfica in this offseason from Real Madrid, having spent, of course, last season on loan to Rajo Vallecano in the Spanish 1st Division. Sporting's 11, Ingo Renan. Uh, five across the back for Sporting. Thierry Correa, Netu, uh, Sebastian Coates, um, Jeremy Mathieu, and I'm going to borrow a name from Azagyaz. That's right, I'm going to borrow it. <laughs> Acuna Matata, the Lion King, <laughs> at left back for for uh, Sporting. Acuna Matata uh, in midfield, Wendell, Dumbia, Rafinha, uh, um, yeah, Wendell, Dumbia and Rafinha, sorry, a three-man midfield with Bazdost and Bruno Fernandes playing in attack. Um, and Sparthing playing with the old-fashioned sweeper in this match, Netu, um No, sorry, Kouatis functioning as the sweeper, the libero, if you will. Um, interesting, des- interesting decision by Kaiser to come out this way against Benfica. Um... Not really the time to be experimenting but uh, I think he felt his team very overmatched in this game and I think what he what Kaiser was thinking is with the way that Rafa and Peasy start outside and come inside and score so many goals the idea of putting a three man three central defenders with a sweeper and two stoppers if you will was the idea was to plug up that space and prevent those um, those two midfielders, especially from coming in, were trying to clog the middle. But uh, it was a decision that, that I think for, for a large chunk of the match seemed to be to be beneficial for Sparthing. But over time, Bifiga did find their chances. And once the gates were blown open, um, it was a formation that left Sparthing quite handicapped. And it was hard to dig out um, until Kaiser, of course, made the necessary substitutions. Later, um, the... Captains for the match, PZ and Bruno Fernandes for the coin toss. All right, as the PA announcer gets both sets of fans fired up. Uh, kickoff goes to Spartan. It gets started by Bazdost. In the first minute, Nuno Tavares pl- uh, plays a ball for Peasy And it is hooked right out of bounds. Um, as the young defender uses, again, his preferred left foot, which is to the inside. Because he's playing as a right back. And already, he just does not have the angle to make the pass he was trying to make on it. That pass has to come off his right foot. And um, I don't want to sound like I'm picking on this young kid, okay? Um, because I this is not his fault. He is not a right back. He's being asked to do something because there's nobody else available, okay? Um, this is very concerning for me. Even after this match, I'm very concerned about that side of our defense, about that side of the field. Because... He's out of position, and PZ does not bring much in, in way of, of uh, defensive shape or defensive quality. I, I expected Sporting to attack that side a lot more than they did um, with Acuna and with Bruno Fernandes playing on that side. I was shocked that Sporting were so unsuccessful over the course of the 90 minutes at attacking that side of the pitch. Um, Later in the first minute, still, Pizzi gets a cross-off, but it's cleared by Machu. Uh, In the second minute, Sporting comes down Benfica's right side, like I just said. And this time, it's Bruno Fernandes walking in. And his cross for Bas Dost is misplayed by Ferro. Ferro gets gets there first, but Ferro has no chance to set his feet. And while he's in motion, he tries to... Knock the ball out for a either a corner kick or clear it wide, and he ends up putting a shot on his own goal that is saved fantastically by Odie Vlacodimo, the goalie for Benfica, avoiding an own goal and giving a corner right off the bat to Sporting. All right, and but Fernandes' corner is dealt with and cleared by Fehu, who, who picks himself up quickly after that error. Um, And interestingly enough, for for like a minute to a minute and a half here, Befica's left side corridor, Grimaldo and Pizzi, were lining up on the right while Nuno Tavares and Rafa were playing on the left here. And this was the way that they set up to defend Bruno's corner. Um, It was a a set-piece defense. So this might have been something Befica was working on on the training pitch during the week to prepare for this match. And uh, a few minutes later, the, the two the two sets of players swap back to their normal sides. There, uh, Sporting start better than Mefica, I noted um, they had two solid opportunities in the first five minutes, and in the six minute, Tavares misplays the ball, and Bruno Fernandes fires a first time shot from about thirty yards. No trouble for Odisej, though. Um, The ball goes out. Eighth minute, uh, RDT goes down at the edge of the penalty area. Referee signals to get up in Sporting counter, but the counterattack would be broken up. It was the first of many plays broken up by none other than Florentino Luiz in Benfica's midfield. Absolute rock in midfield for Benfica. Uh, Eighth minute, Neto clears out RDT from behind um, as the Spaniard was trying to turn Goalward on a on a driven pass from Gabriel Nuno, uh, Luis Neto, excuse me, comes in and just absolutely clears him out. Eleventh minute, Rafinha cuts into cuts it into his preferred left foot, and he has Thierry op, uh, overlapping him, but Rafinha decides to keep the ball, and he pays for it when he is dispossessed by the midfield rock that is Tino. Florentino Luiz again winning another ball, destroying another attack um, that Spartan had going. And I think Rafinha would have been better suited to play the young Portuguese outside back, Thierry Correa, um, as he was overlapping into wide open space. Instead, decided to keep the ball on his left foot, and he paid the ultimate price. To, um, I also noted at that point that Florentino, Nun Tavares, Thierry, and... Luis Neto are all playing in their first derby match, so this was a big day for the four of those guys 13th minute, PZ tries to thread the needle to Grimaldo but Sporting intercept and counter again through Rafinha who again is stopped by who else? Florentino Luiz breaking up another counter, that's what this guy does, he does it better than anybody else, and right now I that is why he is in there over Samadish, um I think you're going to see the best of Florentino is going to be in the Champions League, in the games where he's going to be called on even more to play his game, which is this this game of destroyer. This he everybody's criticizing his, his inability to go forward, okay? And there are games where that inability is going to be, you know, exposed. And we saw it down the stretch last season when Beefecko were playing against teams that were sitting in deep, who had no interest in attacking them. Florentino had a harder time, but in matches like this one, and you know the the big matches against the Sporting, the Ports, the Bragas, the Guimarães, even the Huelves this year, who I think is gonna have a very good season, Hiwav, Um Florentino will be will be good because it, he will be needed in the in defending those counterattacks, in those transitions. Okay, Florentino, very very talented in that uh, aspect of the game. Um, there will be games, in my opinion, if I were coaching the team, there will be games that call for Samadish to play there due to the, just the necessity to go forward given the opponent we're playing. But no doubting the ability and uh, just how strong Florentino Luigi was in this match. A very, very good match played by him. Um, and I think you're going to hear his name quite a bit in this first half, especially when Sporting were better and where Sporting were creating more chances. Florentino broke a lot of those chances up. 15th minute. Wendell turns away from pressure and breaks. He finds Bruno Fernandes who plays it wide to Acuna. Acuna makes a driven cross that uh, Odie comes out and double fists it away from danger. Nice play, nice uh, quick thinking from the Greek international goalkeeper in Benfica's goal. Um, of course, as we spoke about in the last episode, all the rumors of a new keeper coming in to Benfica this summer has done nothing but really motivate, it seems, Odi Vlachodimos here, as he has really stepped up his game in goal early this season. 16th minute, Spartan have a corner taken by Acuna. Benfica break on the counter, And they place Seferovic in on goal. But at the last second, the very last second, his left-footed effort is blocked by Thierry. Thierry. Uh, Thierry. Courreia comes from nowhere, sprints across the pitch, and just gets his toe in front of the shot at the very last second. Very good job tracking by the young defender for Sporting. Um, This is a player that I really, really... On first notice, I said, "Oh, he's pretty good." But when I watched this game again, and when I stopped, when I stopped the tape or stopped the film or stopped the video—however you want to word it—and I played it back, when I watched some of these plays and you play it back, he had a lot and a lot of of good plays in this game. Yes, yes, he was beaten on a couple of the goals. Um, he was unfortunate, but. This young kid is good. I think he was, after watching it a second time and really watching it thoroughly, I think he was Sporting's best player in this match. Um, in his, uh, you know, first ever start with the, with the first team at Sporting. And Sporting are having trouble at this point now building out, uh, building out of the back because RDT is applying some heavy pressure and he's doing a great job pressuring and forcing errant passes every time the Lions try to play through the central corridor that ball is given away so their attack they when they're playing the ball wide Sporting and coming forward they're having some success but eventually that pass has to come inward it has to come into the central corridor it's got a they they're looking for for Dumbia and for Wendell specifically um, so that they can link up to Bas Dost and Bruno Fernandes, but every time they find, they look for those two guys in the middle. Benfica are smothering it, which is a very good setup, and Benfica tactically very, very superior to Sporting in this match. And I'm not the only one saying this. It was on the Letral the podcast. Um, it was, it was said in the broadcast on RTP. Uh, this is not, you know, me giving a biased Benfica the view um it's just a matter of fact that Benfica were tactically much better in this match um I think that was the major difference uh, One through 11 Sporting are competitive with Benfica they can match up with them uh in the first 11 once the match went to the bench however um big difference Benfica Benfica have more options on the bench they didn't really have to use them that much but when Sporting needed to go to the bench the options just were not there for the Lions in this one um Nineteenth minute, Pizzi wins the ball off of a Nuno Tavares header. Carries it toward goal and is fouled at the edge of the area by Acuña Matata. (laughs) Acuña sees the yellow card caution and Grimaldo's ensuing left foot direct kick is scooped up and smothered by Renan. Twenty-third minute, Benfica counter again. This time Pizzi plays the long diagonal to Rafa. Who runs it down? But he is quickly closed down by the equally quick Tiéhi. Once again, he wins the ball away from Rafa, and the ball, but the ball will go out of play and be Benfica's ball. But another good recovery by by the young uh, Portugal youth international Tiéhi Correa. Twenty um, eight, twenty fifth minute here. Florentino and Gabriel are in complete control of the middle third of the match. While the back four of Benfica now are playing their usual high line. And what this does... You can see is they shrink the field for Sporting and Sporting's trying to build up like I said trying to come into that that middle corridor central corridor trying to build up play so that they can link to their forwards they're having no success because Benfica's line is up so high shrinking that field there's just no space for Sporting to play in between the lines the only option is to go over the top and, and when they try that Benfica deal with it very easily obviously Odie also playing high uh, very hard when Benfica's press is on and when their high line is on and those those passing lanes are cut. There's very few teams in Portugal that can exploit that. And in the 28th now, Bruno Fernandes, um, he he launches a right-footed rocket that is parried wide by Odi. Maybe the best save of the game by is Vlaco Dimo. Um, is he foregoes his midfield like we just said. This time he lofts one up high and long and finds Bastos. Baz Dost, on his second touch finds Bruno Tavares, I'm sorry, finds Bruno Fernandes, and Bruno Fernandes, without without a second's thought, he uh, he hits one with the inside of his right foot, and the Portugal international fires it first time from 22 yards, Um, but Greece's international goalkeeper is just one step better as he gets his palm out to it and parries the ball wide, and if not for Odie, at this point, the Lions would be ahead if not for a, a couple good saves from Vlacodemos. Thirty-second minute, it's Florentino again breaking up another string of passes as Sporting are starting to find some rhythm now. And after a good phase of possession in Benfica's middle third, it's broken up by Florentino and, and Benfica deal with it and move out, um, move out in possession of their own. Five minutes later, this 37th minute, Sporting, with the best play of the match thus far, Tiahi once again receives from Rafinha, and he starts carrying it centrally. He beats Rafa on this one, and a high stepping, fer- Ferro steps hard and high. Um, and just before losing his balance, um, will will switch the point of attack beautifully all the way out to the left to Acuna. Acuna then plays in Bruno Fernandes unmarked, and Bruno Fernandes decides to have it himself and shoots a shot that's saved by Odie. But if he had just looked up, it would have been 1-0 to Sporting because Bazdost was onside, walking in, steps away from the goal line. Just a few a few steps, a few strides from the goal line. It would have been an easy tap-in for the 1-0 lead for Sporting. Bruno Fernandes this time kept it himself, didn't look up. And fortunately for Benfica, he made the wrong decision and it allowed Odie to make a nice save. And the Dutch international, Bas Dost, cannot believe him. So he's beside himself that Portugal's reigning player of the year did not see him unmarked, literally three steps off the goal line. Um, Benfica very fortunate at this point not to be um, down. And in the 39th minute, just a few minutes later, Sporting pay for that inefficiency. After a minute of build-up play, Florentino finds Gabriel... Gabriel plays it to a back-checking RDT. With this back to goal, RDT looks and plays a square ball to PZ. PZ takes a couple of steps, looks up, and plays a brilliant diagonal ball across across the penalty area to the far side of the penalty area onto the stride um, onto the stride of Rafa, and the European Euro sixteen champion uh, hits a first time volley with the inside of his left foot. And he puts it far post past Hanan. And Hanan has no chance at this one as he's still still sidestepping across the face of goal to his right. The ball comes and goes all the way back to his left. His feet are not even set. He has no chance of changing the direction of his body. And the ball finds its way into the far post. Benfica ahead. 1-0 in the 40th minute. Uh, Rafa scores on a beautiful assist from Pizzi. Uh, the red half of the Stadio du Algarve is on its feet. And as everyone around him is going crazy, Bruno Lage stands looking stoic as ever. Just looking and pondering and probably calculating his next move. Um, and like I said, Renan coming across the face of his goal. He was caught mid-stride. Never had a chance to set his feet. There was no way he was going to be able to change the um, direction of his body or the momentum of his body to go back. To his left and go get that ball that Rafa so coolly slotted in to the far post. It was a tough moment for uh, Sparthing's Tia. He, a guy I've I've already made several mentions of. And he'd been brilliant all half. But on this one, he allows Rafa to get goal side of him and get the goal. Uh, 44th minute now. Bruno Fernandes with the long switch to Acuna again. Acuna who turns... I'm sorry, who tries his luck from long range, but it's well wide of the mark uh, to Odie's left. 45th minute now, sporting with, with a free kick from about 40 yards out. And we see Nel, uh, assistant coach Nelson Verissimo up on the sideline, shouting instructions as L- Lige sits and studies the play. Um, and that's when the commentator on RTP explains to all of us that... Uh, set pieces are the specialty of Nelson Verissimo. He coaches the set pieces. He sets them up. And that's why he's the one giving instructions in defending this set piece. And with that free kick, um, nothing comes of it for Sporting. And we go to the halftime whistle with Befica leading a goal 2-0. Um, overall, very, very... Um, very evenly played first half. Uh, if not slightly better from Sporting than from Benfica in this first half. Um, Benfica well set up. Well well um, placed tactically. Making good decisions. With Sporting matching them. If not even being a little bit better than them in that first half. Really good half ironically from Sporting. Despite the score line. But Sporting's lack of efficiency has come back to bite them. And as the players head in to the the team room for the halftime team talk, we're going to take a quick break. We will be right back and we will talk about the second half. Right after this, this is Mr. Bayfica. I am the Mr. Mike Agostino. Find me on Twitter at Beifica Mr. and on Instagram at Mr. Bayfica Stay right there and we'll be right back with the second half. <laughs>
1: está a passar por Terry Correia, Terry Correia não larga ainda Rafa, pé direito, pé esquerdo, entrada grande área e Pizzi, espetáculo que espetáculo que espetáculo que espetáculo Pizzi Pizzi, pizzi o Sporting Pizzi, pizzi o Sporting já lá mora a Manfica Que futebol, que qualidade, que amasso, que amasso do Benfica no Sporting, Marco. E dá uma ideia o género de que para a equipa do Sporting o jogo já poderia acabar por aqui. Enorme, grande a velocidade no ataque do Benfica a não dar hipótese. Rafa a isolar, vindo de trás, pise na passada, na cara de Renan Ribeiro, atirou para o fundo da baliza. Está feito. Um
0: do and welcome back to Mr. Benfica. It is the second half now, and we're returning to the Estádio do Algarve on RTP. Daddy Yankees, con calma. Eu quero ver Como Aja is playing, right? And it's a sh- it's a remake of the great great '90s hit "Informer" by the one Daddy Snow. That's right, shout out to The Six once again. I seem to be shouting out Toronto every week on this show. Um, And I haven't even talked about the NBA yet this season. But yes, shout out to The Six, Toronto, Canada. um, Snow, a product of the rapper Snow, a product of that great city. And uh, this 20 years later, maybe more than that, 25 years later, this remake by Puerto Rican reggaeton artist Daddy Janky um, is playing in the Stadio do Algarve. Um, as the, they then show us a few first half highlights and then the thing I cannot stand about RTP, a chance for some good analysis. Go to the studio, go to the pitch side, go to the announcers, give us some analysis on the first half. No, let's show a thousand commercials and two music videos. So uh, the first, the second half clearly um, still not not about to start, still on delay. Four, five, six minutes later, we see players return to the pitch. First, it's the Spartan players coming on to the pinch, onto the pitch. Excuse me, as the camera finds its way to the Tribuna Special, the the, the executive uh, suites or the luxury suites, the presidential suites, if you will. As we see three presidents. Uh, standing together, that's Luis Felipe Vieira, president of Benfica, Federico Varandas, president of Sporting, and of course, President Marcelo, President da República de Portugal, the Portuguese president Marcelo, um, also in the tribunal with the club presidents. And Benfica are late coming out of the changing room. They're the last team out. Rafa, the last player out onto the pitch. And Seth gets us started by playing the ball back to Tino. And the second half is underway. And Grimaldo goes in the book less than one minute in for a foul on Rafinha. Uh, 46 minute here, Tiahi once again zigzagging through the Benfica players until he is met and stopped by Fehu. Um, Another chance created by the young wide player from Sparthing, the Sparthing Academy product, Tiaji Correa. Of course, shares a first name with a very famous attacking player from France, that's right, we all know who that is. Um... 50th minute here. Fehu now cautioned by referee Nuno Almeida for a professional foul on Rafinha. Stopping the Lions' counterattack early in the second half. Uh, one minute later, 51st minute. Rafinha again, this time splitting Nuno Tavares and Gabriel. But the Brazilians' left-footed effort is way off the mark. And uh, does not trouble Odiseas at that point. Benfica again a little bit on the back foot to start the second half. Uh, 54th minute. RDT fires one. Uh, From some distance, but it's right at Hanan, as we're told that substitutes begin warming up for both teams at this moment. 57th minute, excellent switch um, of the point of attack by Gabriel. He plays a long ball horizontally to Grimaldo, but Grimaldo is a step... I don't want to say he's lazy, but he's he's, uh, a little... Unalert there. Um, his, his his alertness is a little off. And he is quickly robbed by Tiehi Correa, who was quicker to the ball. And he was able to play it off Grimaldo. And it would go all the way out for a Spartan goal kick. Another good play by the young Portuguese defender. Uh, 57th minute. Still the 57th minute, I should say. Rafa carrying from left to center. Finding an open PZ in the central quarter. PZ gives a beautiful heel flick to Nuno Tavares, who plays right back to PZ into space. Uh, PZ plays first time back to Rafa, but and Rafa tries to continue the give and go all the way into the box, but his touch is a bit heavy, and it's it's uh, swept swept up by Coates. But Coates, in his, um, he clumsily takes the ball and dribbles right into Mathieu. They collide. The ball is there for Rafa, who keeps running after the, the poor pass, or after the bad touch, I should say. Wins back the ball. Plays it to Pizzi, who's wide open and who slots a first-time shot in for the goal. Right-footed in step on the inside of his foot to Renan's left. Renan has no time to react. Uh, PZ's that close to the ball. Again, Renan's feet not set as he is slightly shifting left and the ball go. or I should say slightly shifting to his right and the ball goes to his left. He has no chance to get his body square and to launch it the other way and he's very late in getting across to it. By the time Renan gets down to his left the ball is already in the back of the goal. Befica lead 2-0 as uh, they score right in front of their supporters at the, I believe that was the south end of the Stadio do Algarve. And the Benfica fans are beginning to sense that uh, the Super Cup could be ours at this point. Sporting, looking a little confused and looking a little frustrated and hard done by the current result as they don't feel And I would agree to an extent that they have not played poorly enough to be down 2-0. However, their mistakes have absolutely cost them. Whether it was their mistakes in the attacking third and finishing or in the defensive third, this was just a horrible, horrible bit of of play from their back line here. As I noted, PZ makes it 2-0. After uh, um, From Rafa, after Sporting's defenders reenact a three-stages comedy set trying to play the ball out of that area, um, Coates dribbles right into Metiu, and they collide with each other. The ball squirts out perfectly for Rafa, who's still who's pressuring, and Seven Nation Army is blasting from the PA as the crowd is on their feet, and the Agies add to the lead. One minute later, RDT plays Rafa in. Sporting players stop, raise their hands for offside. The referee's flag is actually up, but play continues. Rafa tries to square to PZ. PZ can't quite get a good touch on it. Not sure it was the best pass either from Rafa, and nothing comes of it. But Bruno Fernandes is cautioned on the play for protesting um, as the referee's assistant puts his flag up and then Quietly takes it down after Nuno Almeida does not give the offside. Um, it looked pretty obvious that had this ended up in a goal, uh, VAR would have called it back. Assuming that VAR was in use in this match. I, I believe I heard them say that this is one that VAR would have called back. Um, 60 second, second minute now, possesses dispossesses... dispossesses uh, he dispossesses Wendell easily as Sporting are trying to play out of the back despite the pressure, and PZ finds RDT. RDT shielding the ball, going for a spin noob, and Sebastian Coates comes in with an absolutely criminal challenge. Um, absolutely no chance of getting anything but RDT's legs in this play. The Uruguayan was lucky to stay on the pitch after this, as this was definitely a foul worthy of a sending off. Referee settles for the yellow card caution and gives the free kick to Benfica, um, perhaps five to seven yards uh, in front of the the top of the penalty area. It was a nasty leg-scissors challenge from Coates. Uh, his his right foot comes in and makes contact, doesn't get the ball, and just for good measure brings the left leg across and absolutely just scissors uh Raul de Tomas's legs. Um, I don't know, honestly, how he stayed on the pitch after this tackle. This was brutal. However, he would pay the ultimate price. And, you know, one minute later, Grimaldo's left-footed free kick goes around and over the wall, dips down, kisses off the left post, and though Renan gets a finger on it, there's no keeping that ball out with the spin that was on it. Um, spinning towards goal, uh, it just spun right off of his hands and into the goal. Benfica ahead three-nil now, and Sporting hit panic mode. And at this point, I am thanking Coates for, in the span of five minutes, completely handing the game to Benfica, because that's exactly what he did. As a, an experienced central defender, that is absolutely pitiful from the Uruguayan international. Um, one of the worst. One of the worst. Uh, displays of defending and of, of you know experienced defending or of an experienced defender I've ever seen absolutely hands the game to Benfica at that point there's no coming back for Sporting now Benfica fans are euphoric while Sporting fans look completely stunned you the camera hits the Sporting bench and everybody's looking on with a blank stare nobody knows what just happened Kaiser quickly gets the double substitution on in the 66th. Luis Philippe replaces Basdost, and Diaby replaces Coates before Coates finds himself sent off and Sporting down to 10. Good move there by the Mr. Uh, Marcel Kaiser. However, lots of questions are going to be asked of him uh, from his fans in this one. Um, Sporting at this point scraps the three center back idea, but it's too little, too late for the Lions in that regard. 68th minute, it continues as Neto plays a poor pass out of the back looking for Wendell. It's intercepted by Florentino, who quickly finds RGT, who threads the needle to Sef. Seth. But Seph's left-footed effort is stopped by Henan. And at that point, the commentator begins to raise his voice. It was the color commentator or the co-commentator. And he just goes, oh, Sporting, Tenka acordar." In Sporting must wake up. At the same time, the, the lead announcer tells us Nelson Verissimo off his bench again. Um, as this was a corner, setting up this corner kick, yelling at Benfica for more energy. And he's telling Benfica to go for the kill while Sporting is disoriented. While the enemy is disoriented, trying to trying to regain its focus. It's time to go for the kill is what Verissimo is telling his players. And those Benfica don't... Uh, don't finish on this opportunity, this corner kick. They got the message because Benfica really uh, picks up the pace at this point. And Benfica's superior fitness now is starting to show as we're hitting the final 20 minutes of the match. And Benfica's going at full speed still. And Sporting is starting to drag. Uh, Wendell tries his luck in the 70th, but it it, it does not bother Odie at all. Um, Acuna's cross finds Rafinha, but the Brazilian's completely off balance. And again, no trouble for Odie. 75th minute. Gabriel finds Rafa down the left. Rafa gets the best of Tiahi on this one. He beats him inside. And then he finds PZ. And PZ with one bit of absolute brilliance. Okay. With the inside of his right foot. He takes the perfectly calculated heavy touch. It was it wasn't overly heavy. It was just enough to push the ball into the open space as he easily beats both Neto and uh in dua um in <laughs> doing thank you I forgot how to pronounce his name for a second. <laughs> Bt splits Neto and Dumbia and then slots a comfortable left footed pass into the far pose into the far corner of the goal. It's four nil Befica and the route is on and the tears are flowing on the green side of the stadium. Um Benfica turning this into an absolute massacre at this point. Um, Humiliation starting to set in for Sporting. Uh, This result's a bit heavy-handed. It's a bit unjust in my opinion. I don't think Sporting deserved to be humiliated this way with the effort they put forward and with uh, even the execution they had going in the first first hour of the match. They were right there with Benfica until, of course, none other than Coates handed the game over. Um, so if I were a Sporting fan, I'd be very angry with that player. Uh, he single-handedly turned this game on its head, gave it away to Benfica, and there's no looking back at this point. It's now 4-0. BZ from Rafa. The floodgates are open and the route is on. The levee is broken. There's nothing now to save Sparthing at this point. And the camera shows the now viral shot that's been all over the internet, all over Twitter, of the young Sparthing girl with the the young Spartan fan, young girl, with green and white face paint, two stripes painted on her cheeks, um, you know, crying. And, uh, that, unfortunately, I don't really like, um, I'm not a fan of using children or even, you know, teenagers or kids as, um, as, as a, a, the butt of a joke or the butt of a, um, social media joke, um, you know, we all we all feel and we all experience the game differently. And, um, listen, if it had been Benfica down 4-0, uh, uh, there's plenty of, of young fans that would have had the same face and had the same tears rolling. And I don't think they deserve to, to be worldwide viral, you know, memes of them crying like that. Um, unfortunate uh, part of the game there. But, nonetheless... Um, it tell that picture tells a story of a thousand words, and uh, an abs, absolutely deflated fan base for Sporting at this point. Uh, the players could feel it. The fans could feel it. Kaiser he he has the stare on his face, and it's a it's a look. I know I've been there, and it's just a what have I done kind of feeling. It's like did I did I set my team up for this? And and no doubt Kaiser's a good manager. He's a good coach. And there's no doubt There was some serious reflection On his part as to whether or not He felt he uh, He set his team up For failure we all we live with that when we When we it's it's the the good With the bad you know you you Get the credit sometimes for setting up your team to, to victory, and sometimes the truth is, as a manager, you make the wrong decision, even with the best intentions, and you set your team up for disaster. And I think that's what happened to the Dutch uh, manager in this matchup. And of course, he ran into just a, a team in BeFica that, since Bruno Lage has been in charge, have have just punished teams, you know, um, mercilessly uh, for mistakes. The the hundred plus goals last year, a large number of that, a large percentage of that, was just, you know, punishing teams for mistakes they made near their goal. Okay, Benfica are, are just deadly in transition. So if you give them a chance to go into transition, you're in big trouble. And uh, Benfica would show that in this match. Eightieth minute now, and this is when concern comes in, and I know. Some have criticized Bruno Lage's lack of subbing or holding on too long to sub. And perhaps that's a fair, a fair criticism here. As in the 80th minute in his first game back, Gabriel goes down injured once again in his first official match back. And he could very easily have been off the pitch at this point. I understand why he wasn't. The, the, the manager's trying to get him his fitness back. He's trying to get him ready for 90 minutes. He's trying to get him match fit. And in the in the process of doing that, unfortunately, uh, injury reared its ugly head this time on his other knee, on his good knee. Um, a definite entorse, as they're saying, a a a, a slight. Um, I'm not sure that it's a, if it's a tear or if it's just a uh, hyperextension. Um, I'm not sure exactly the severity to his his injury. I'm not. That good with the Portuguese medical terms. Um, I usually have to look them up. But uh, it is said that it will be four to five weeks on the shelf for Benfica's very, very important number eight. And um, very frustrating for those for, for the team, for the player, for the fans who just see how important this player is. Um, obviously, Lige would make the substitution now due to injury. As Chiquinho comes on, Gabriel comes off. Um, and a minute later, Tarabt would replace PZ as PZ hands the captain's armband to Ruben Diej. Before that, though, RDT's cross makes a brilliant cross with his right foot across the face of goal to a sliding Seferovic who gets all of it on, his right, on the outside of his right foot, sliding for it. But Henan makes a fantastic save to keep that one out and to keep it at 4-0 for the time being. 82nd minute now, RDT's famous nutmeg on Bruno Fernandes. If you haven't seen this yet, you don't have any social media, obviously, because it was all over the place. I said that the picture of the little girl was viral. This was even more viral. This was making the rounds in Spain, even. Uh, The Spanish uh, publication, Marca, was commenting on this and sharing this on their main website, RDT nutmegging, completely playing between the wickets of Bruno Fernandes and making the supposed 70 million euro uh, player look quite um, quite average. And to be honest, Bruno Fernandes disappeared in the second half. You hardly heard his name. Um, you hardly heard his name at all in the second half. And it looks like... Here, uh, Sporting are just waiting for the final whistle. Um, Dumbia gets a second yellow for a foul on Rafa, um, an unnecessary foul, and Sporting will finish with ten men. Jota had come in for RDT just a few minutes earlier, and he gets one of the he get, is one of the key factors in the goal that closes out the matches As Jota will attack the open space before sliding it to grimaldo down the left, who drives it first touch. It's a cross along the ground to Seferovic. Seferovic's first effort saved by Renan. And re- and then the second effort hits the post, squirts out, and Chiquinho gets on the end of it. He scores the fifth for the Glorioso. That's the last kick of the match. It is 5-0 to Benfica, and we see Tiaji, uh no longer able to fight the tears as they're flowing. Uh, several other players also in tears, as is a lot of the fans. The managers shake hands and embrace um Kaiser, no doubt, gracious in defeat. Bruno Lage, gracious in uh, victory. Um, very respectful. Uh, a lot of fair play between the two teams. Man of the match was peasy. All right. um, young Thierry Cohea for me, best player for Sporting, um, with an honorable mention for Rafinha. Um, uh, of course, Thierry Cohea also had some, some mistakes that were punished to the maximum, but that is part of being a young player and learning. But there's definitely something there for that young right back. I think Sporting have quite a prospect on their hands there. Uh, Benfica win the Super for the eighth time. And I said that aside from PZ, the top three players for Benfica, I picked four, even though I said the top three. With Rafa Florentino, RDT, and Odie, as Odie was big in the first half, keeping uh, keeping the game nil-nil when Spartan could very well have gone ahead. Um, Florentino, fantastic, uh, puts in a, a really a world-class performance there in the holding midfield role. And Rafa, as always, um, two assists and a goal, as well as just absolutely breaking the lines with his dribble. He breaks Spartan's formation on the dribble. and um, Instrumental in, in so many of the goals. Um, Jardel is handed the Super Cup by President Marcelo and I apologize for that little interruption there. That was the alarm, as this uh, running out of space here. But um, stay right there. We got we got a little bit more to talk about. Okay, I got some audio for you coming up. Uh, We got some comments from the coach and the players. And then I will be back on the other side to conclude episode 24, Mambo number 5 of Mr. Benfica. Stay right there. I am the Mr. Mike Agostino. Of course, remember, on Twitter at Benfica Mr. and on Instagram at Mr. Benfica. Don't move a muscle. I'll be right back.
2: Muito boa noite, Andréia de Magalhães em direto para a BTV Parabéns antes de mais E a pergunta vai um bocadinho nessa análise também Além desta vitória e desta conquista Gostava de ouvir a sua análise Aos cinco golos do Benfica E ao trabalho que foi feito durante a semana um, Antes de fazer a análise um, Também ter a oportunidade de Dedicar Esta vitória aos nossos adeptos Que connosco Jogadores, equipa técnica estrutura hum, sofreram na, hum, quando fomos em homenagem da Taça de Portugal mas a vida é mesmo assim e a nossa treinadora é assim uh, quando perdemos não somos, não somos o, os piores e não é agora que termos ganho a supertaça que vamos ser uh, o que é, quer que seja somos os mesmos e é nesse registro que nós pelo menos eu e a minha equi- equipa técnica uh, vamos continuar a análise de um, do jogo, na minha opinião, e olho mais para aquilo que foi a performance da, da nossa equipa, foram 30 minutos muito, 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 muito fortes uh, da nossa parte, em que pressionámos muito, mudámos a nossa forma de pressionar, para também dar uma forma de surpreender um, o Sporting. As coisas correram muito bem durante esses 30 minutos. Um, e depois dos 30 aos 60 um, uns muito bons e outros bons e e depois à medida que o resultado foi com gols, foi foi crescendo a partida até ficou a nosso favor e é dessa forma que chegamos a esse esse resultado, por isso tão importante é vencer este troféu de início da época como também para nós é verificarmos que aquilo que tínhamos prometido até, até este momento, que era primeiro Uma entrada forte na época, e acho que conseguimos. E depois é de aproximar a equipa, querem termos coletivos, na forma de jogar, da intensidade de jogar, tentar aproximar a nossa nossa imagem àquilo que foi deixado do ano passado. Por isso, estamos plenamente satisfeitos com com isso. Vamos terminar agora. Um erro no jogo. Ainda bem que essa jogada não deu gol golo, porque, porque o Pedro encarregou-se certo, de falhar. Certo, mas, mas parece-me que foi até o único momento de, de erro de arbitragem. E lá deixa, está deixa, a solução do Kaiser mais... e do Sporting. Não, do só, só queria rematar mais uma coisa. Uma das imagens que, que a RTP nos deu já no, 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 no pós-jogo é para mim uma imagem daquilo que devia ser sempre o futebol. Florentino faz parte da equipa que ganhou por 5-0 Thierry Correa faz parte da equipa que perdeu por, 5, por, por 0-5 e Florentino foi abraçado a Thierry Correia Vamos ouvir
1: Pizzi, João
3: uh, Um velho entendimento, cria sempre novas dinâmicas e hoje foi assim Sim, é verdade, foi, eu e o Rafa, a verdade é que nos entendemos muito bem mas mais que falar do, de mim e do Rafa, acho que o mais importante é enaltecer o trabalho de toda a equipa desde o primeiro m- minuto, acho que fomos claramente superiores ao Sporting, o Sporting tem uma, bela, uma belíssima equipa, bons jogadores, jogadores com muita qualidade, mas acho que desde o primeiro momento nós fomos muito superiores, com e sem bola, e acho que isso ficou demonstrado no, no marcador, acho que foi uma grande vitória da nossa parte, uma vitória justa, e da os parabéns a toda a equipa, não só pela pré-época que fizemos, mas também por este jogo, foi, foi realmente fantástico. Ganha para a primeira parte, com muito equilíbrio, depois vê o resultado evoluir para este 5-0 na segunda parte, Deu a ideia que foi até fácil na segunda parte para o Benfica. Como é que vocês sentiram isto lá dentro? não Fácil nunca é. Como é óbvio, como já disse, frontamos uma grande equipa com excelentes jogadores. Uh, mas o que eu acho é que a nossa equipa, a nossa maneira de jogar, a nossa maneira de estar em campo, acho que tornou as coisas uh, mais fáceis. Uh, jogamos de uma maneira simples eficaz. Fizemos golos bonitos, golos com, com muita dinâmica. E, e é isso. A ser também estes, estes adeptos fantásticos que nos apoiaram desde o primeiro minuto. E, uh, e conquistamos o primeiro troféu. E esperemos nós que seja o primeiro de muitos troféus esta época. campeonato ganho o ano passado, entrar com um 5-0 nova temporada, o que é que promete esta multidão encarnada que veio aqui ao Algarve? Ah, o que nós prometemos é o trabalho diário, é dia-a-dia, trabalharmos sempre no máximo, darmos sempre uh, tudo o que nós temos em cada, em cada treino, em cada jogo, e é isso que nós prometemos. Tentam, queremos sempre jogar com a qualidade que jogamos hoje, uh, e vamos certamente fazer um, um grande campeonato porque temos excelentes jogadores. Muito obrigado, obrigado. Pisa de...
0: All right, and that was some post-game comments, starting with Bruno Lige in the press conference um, after the match where he spoke about how he felt. Also, you got to hear from PZ in there. So let's start with Bruno Lige um, I'll paraphrase what he said in those notes. Bruno Lige said, First off, we dedicate this victory to our fans and our supporters who suffered with us last season when we were eliminated from the Portuguese cup. Um, And he, he stated that that still is, you know, the team still um, remembers that and they still keep that with them as they work to improve. And he said, you know, but that's football. When we lose, we're not the worst team in the world. And it's not because we won this game in this manner that we're, we're any different now. He, um, He's stressing the consistency of Benfica, and he's also reminding fans that sometimes things go your way and sometimes they don't. Uh, like I said up on the top of the of the program, you know, sometimes sometimes the ball rolls your way, sometimes it doesn't. And uh, this Super Cup result could have very easily been the first leg of the Portuguese uh, Cup semi final a year ago, and um, and you know, conversely. Um, the second leg where we lost to Spartan could have very easily been what played out tonight also. Had had Spartan got on the board first, had they had Odi not come up with some big saves, could have been a much, much different match. And of course, like I said in the in the analysis, had Kuatish and a lot of people are blaming Mathieu. I, I hold Kuatish much more uh responsible for that debacle in the back especially his his foul after it was 2-0. You know, at 2-0 you really got to got to dig deep and you got to work at it and you got to go for it, but but you know, at two what you can't have at 2-0 is 5 minutes later have your center central defender making a reckless tackle like that when when the other team has a a very dangerous uh set piece free kick taker like Benfica have with Grimaldo. Um he also says that he he, Bruno Laj credits Sporting for the first 30 minutes of the match. Um, at that point, he believes also, like I said, that Sporting were a bit better than Mefica at that time. But um, going after that from 60 to 30, it was a very, very even. Played match and then from 30 on, Benfica took control as Sparthing's heads were down, and it looks like the team kind of gave up a little bit. Also, I think their lack of fitness let them down a little bit. Um, speaking about Sparthing, of course, whereas Benfica's superior fitness kicked in in that last third of the match. Bruno um, finishes by saying, you know, that uh, he finishes by saying that. What this win means, real, most, the most important thing this win means is that the team is where they want to be right now and that they're in position to start the season strong, which is one of the main objectives is to start the season strong this season. Um, after that, you heard a few words from a journal. Well, he's not a journalist. He's a commentator. Um, from João Gobern on Trio the Tac on RTP. He's the Benfica on the Trio the Tac panel. And uh, he, he made sure to, to mention, and I wanted to include his words um, as he recognized Florentino's fantastic uh, gentleman like sportsmanship. Um, of course, we've all probably seen the video by now uh, Sporting's Thierry. Cujea, you know, in tears, fighting the tears and his buddy from the youth national team, Florentino, uh, Florentino Luiz finds his, finds his friend and he's consoling him. And it was a great attitude. Great, um, great. Uh, a great display of fair play in this matchup. Um, these two teams clearly, the players and the coaching staffs clearly respect each other. This is much different than some of the Benfica sporting matches we've seen in the past. And uh, there was a real, from both sides, a real nice display of, of fair play. In the match, PZ was next. He was in the Zona mista or in the Flash interview um, on the pitch post-match um, before he received his Man of the Match award. And PZ said that Sporting have a strong team with great quality, but tonight we were better. That's his, his first line. And then he, he goes on to say matches like this are never easy when he's asked if this was an easy win. He says matches like this are never are easy, but Benfica Benfica's attitude and our self-belief um, they turned this match easier. Uh, we we now will we now vow to continue to work every single day to keep getting better. That was his vow to the fans and those were some of the post game comments. All right. We're gonna go into some statistics before before we um, close out the show this week. All right? I'll start actually with the player ratings first, and I am using a goal point this season. I have switched over. I'm trying this out this week. Uh, this is the program the guys at Epic After 90 use. I really like it when I watch their show. So, um, and also they have player ratings on matches where where uh, Footmob Footmob does not, including this Supertasa. So, Vlakodim uh, was earning a 7.2 in goal. Nunutavareja 5.2 as a right back. Not not as not great, but he also was not a liability. He did enough. Um, Bruno Fernandes got in twice down that side, but he also, um, aside from that, he really, he he did well enough, so I'm not going to beat on the kid. Like I said, he he is a left-sided player. Not his fault. He's been forced to play on the right here, and I'm not holding against him any of these performances. Ruben Díaz, a 4.7, a little bit of a low rating for Ruben Díaz. Ferru with a 5.3. Grimaldo, the left back, 7.2, one of the higher uh, rated players in the match. Gabriel, the center mid, with one of his lower ratings of 5.8. His partner Florentino, 6.2, one of the the good, good uh, ratings in the match. And I thought Florentino was... Was even better than that, to be honest with you. I thought he was better than a six point two. He does a lot of the little things that statistics don't show. He does a lot of things off the ball. He his positioning is always on point, and uh, he just he's just such a destroyer of the other team's uh, play. And he, he destroys so many attacks from that holding midfield role. Rafa with the seven point eight PZ, the man of the match with the seven point nine. Uh, Harris Seferovic, a disappointing night for him. 4.9 was his rating, while Raul De Tomas, RDT, with a 7.4. Uh, Sporting's ratings, um, nothing really really to, to clamor about. They're all in the fours and fives. I'm not going to go down each player. Um, some more. P- so here's some statistics for PZ that the, that goal point is showing. Peasy with his 7.9, two goals and an assist. Three, three shots. Two of them on goal. And uh, let's see. We'll move on to the statistics. As we've got. All right. So we've got shots on goal. Benfica with 15, Sporting with 19. Um, sh- sorry, that was total shots. Shots on goal. 11 for Benfica, six for Sporting um chmatched into the area inside the ball, shots inside the the penalty area nine for Benfica six for sporting um pass efficiency 82 percent for both teams both teams with a very high pass efficiency in this match uh duels one the edge goes to sporting 64 duels one versus Benfica's 46 um fouls committed Benfica 19 sporting. Thirteen corner kicks, five to Sporting Benfica with three possession. Of course, my my favorite stat, right? Like I say every week, the most useless stat. And here's a game where where it shows just how useless it is. Sporting fifty one percent, Benfica forty nine. Um, of course, without context of territory, that stat means nothing. And the only and you know just see the the difference between the the stat line that reads goals versus the stat line that reads possession. Clearly, um, possession is not everything. Um, Benfica now move forward as league play starts. Um, probably by the time you're hearing this, uh, the match has already begun. It is Saturday. Uh, August the 10th is the day for the first match. It's at the Stadio de Luz. Um, Benfica versus Passos de Ferreira. 4.30 p.m. Eastern time here on the East Coast of the United States. one thirty Pacific. And, of course, 9.30 Pacific. Yeah, 9.30 p.m. in Portugal, in Lisbon, um, for that match. Uh, And, of course, like I had said, Benfica will be awarded the International Champions Cup trophy before the match. Um, Also, uh, this tickets are pretty much sold out that the uh, the club has announced that some tickets are still available on the new secondary market that's where red pass uh holders resell their tickets to games they're not going to attend and this is of course at the g- with the goal of having uh zero empty seats or so zero v- zero lugar vazios um the match will be on B T V and of course here in the United States, like I said during the news it will be once again on Gold TV and Espanol. All right. Um and um and it'll be good to hear from from you know, Omar Fuentes and Alejandro Figueredo once again. Um, I really like their analysis. I like the way they break down the match. I like their um, neutrality when they call a Portuguese league match. They do root a little bit for the Argentinian players, but, but overall, very neutral, very uh, unbiased, very down the middle. Uh, commentary. So I do always enjoy listening to them. And I do feel they've done a lot of work to to get to know the league well. And like I said, I reached out to Goal TV this week. Um, and I was trying to get an answer from them whether or not the the league was going to be on on Goal TV this season. Because as of a week ago, there was nothing listed. Um, of course, the Portuguese league is always the last to set its schedule in motion. So it's very likely that they did not get the schedule out to the TV partners in a in a uh, fashionable time, and that's why nothing ha- was listed at that time. I also, um, I also complimented Goal TV for their their work on the league. I really like the way they cover the league, the Portugal program. If you haven't seen it, set your DVR on Goal TV Espanol. To uh, it's usually Wednesday nights at seven o'clock. It is Portugal. It's a highlight show with the entire Portuguese league. Like I said, one result already in the books today. We had Bolinesis draw 0-0 with Portimonense. Naturally, those are two teams now share the top spot for the first night of the season as they are the only match in town, the only game to be played thus far. So that's going to be it for this week. Um, I hope everyone enjoyed the, the pod as always. We will be back next week, and we will obviously be reviewing Passos de Ferreira, or Benfica Passos de Ferreira, rather, live from the Stadio de Luz tomorrow. We'll look back at it next week, and we'll have much more to talk about. There'll probably be much more news. Transfers are still going to be going through. You know, We're going to probably be be shrinking the size of the team as the weeks go on, as we get closer to the close of the transfer window in the rest of Europe. The window is closed in England. Nobody else is going to England until January um, but the rest of Europe still has until the uh, until midnight European time or Central European time I believe on the 31st of August that's it this week guys um, I am of course the Mr Mike Agustino signing off don't forget to follow this show on Twitter I am at Benfica Mr on Twitter and on Instagram at Mr. Benfica. And of course, if you want to hear uh, the episode of Jota Jota Carioca without the ads and with some music, okay, it's a little bit of a different cut, go over to wwwankerfm forward slash ptv soccer or search for ptv soccer in your Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Um, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. It's available on pretty much the same platforms as Mr. Benfica. Um I ask everyone to check that out. I'm really trying to get people over to that channel to uh to listen to some of the other programming I've got does not have quite the following that Mr. Benfica has, um, and of course I'm thankful for every single one of the Mr. Benfica listeners out there. And of course, feedback is always appreciated. You can hit, you can DM me on Twitter. You can, uh, you know, inbox me on Facebook. You can send me a message on Instagram. You know, whatever they call their version of the instant message. Feel free to reach out. I'm, uh, I love the feedback. Um, if you think my Portuguese is horrible on Jota Jota, go ahead and say it. If if it is, then, you know, maybe I'll rethink doing it. But right now, uh, it's something I really want to do. Um, so I'm going to work at it. Of course, time is always hard to find for that. But um, in the end, uh, it's, a, it's a project that I want to see out through at least till the end of George uh run in Brazil and honestly that could be any day i mean what an up and down already it's it's been you know a month and a half and you got win loss win loss big win big loss so um that's why i thought it would be fun to cover i thought it'd be like a soap opera and so far it has been um i've got at least three episodes to get to catch up to where i am where we are right now in the present uh present tense so um, hopefully I can get s- several episodes out of this before JJ gets the sack in Brazil, if that does happen or before he walks. So um, that's it for this week. Like I said, thank you everybody. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll see you next week. Força Benfica, carrega Benfica, damo 38. Goodbye everybody. Viva Benfica.